Welcome to the Three Stooges Throwback. I am your host, Gabriel Russo, and this is the show where we look at all of the 190 shorts produced by the Three Stooges for Columbia Pictures over their career. I'm looking at them chronologically and kind of delving into a little bit of the history, who's in them, just my thoughts on them, basically. I'm a huge Three Stooges fan. I believe I've read every book on the Stooges. Now, I'm not an expert because my memory is uh, faulty at best. (laughs) So, I do a little bit of research before every episode. I watch the short, and then I read up on them on several different websites. I use uh, the threestooges.com filmography. I learn a little bit from there. I look at their Three Stooges IMDb page and Wikipedia, and then I look up the individual players in each short. This week, number six out of 190, Restless Nights, which was filmed December 19th to the 22nd, 1934, and it was released February 20th, 1935. The title card features Mo, Larry, and Curly, C-U-R-L-E-Y, so last time he was still being featured on the, especially for the stills, uh, he was still being featured as Jerry or billed as Jerry, but now he's Curly, C-U-R-L-E-Y. This film also features Geneva Mitchell as Queen Anne, Walter Brennan, Stanley Blystone. It's directed by Charles Lamont and written by Felix Adler. Now we'll go through them a little bit. Geneva Mitchell, like I said, features her. She plays Queen Anne. Now this is a short where it's a a parody of uh, all the sword and... Uh, all the sword play movies that were coming out back then, you know, Robin Hood and the Knights of the Round Table and, you know, films like that. And so Geneva Mitchell plays Queen Anne. She was an actress, 1907 to 1949. She was born 1907 and passed away in 1949. She appeared in over 70 films. She was in three Stooges, (laughs) three of the Stooges shorts, She was in this one, Restless Nights. She's in the next one, chronologically, Pop Goes the Easel. And uh, and then following that, even, Hoy Polloi. So they must have liked her. She made a three-picture deal with Harry Cohn or something like that. She... Oh, I knocked the microphone. Speaking of, I do have a new microphone. I hope that it sounds better than it used to. Um, I thought that it kind of did, and I'm learning about how to... I recorded an audio book, and so there were some specs in there about how to make, in the instructions, about how to make it sound best, how to optimize the sound. And so from that, I'm going to apply that to the podcast, and so hopefully the podcast will sound better. I've been criticized in the past for weak sound. So anyway, back to Geneva Mitchell. She was suffered from poor health. And uh, a year after this picture was made, in 1936, she made her final picture. She um, she only appeared in one film in the 40s, so it wasn't her final picture, but it was very much curtailed after 1936. She died in Los Angeles uh, in 1949, like I said, at age 42. 
she had a kind of a scandalous life it, it seemed like she uh married quickly and then dumped uh a, a member of a prominent family in America the savage family from I don't know what they did but she reported her brother as having been kidnapped by gangsters her publicist was sentenced to jail over a stunt that she reportedly instigated. So anyway, you know, she was an actress at the time, and uh, she gives a good performance in the, all of the Stooges movies that she's in, actually. So Walter Brennan, making his second appearance in a Stooges short, he is a very well-respected actor and is one of three men to have won three Academy Awards, uh, the other two being Jack Nicholson and Daniel Day-Lewis, so keeping pretty good company, and then, you know, working with the Stooges. So, you know, iconic all around. Stanley Blystone, he always played a heavy in the in Stooges pictures. He was in a bunch of them. Half-shot shooters, false alarms, goofs and saddles. We'll get to him. Several more. He was also in several Laurel and Hardy shorts. His brother was also a film director in Hollywood until 1938. Stanley was strolling down the sidewalk in Hollywood, July 16th, 1956, when he collapsed, dying of a sudden heart attack. He was dressed as a cowboy for a Wyatt Earp film. And, uh, yeah, just... He was buried at Valhalla Memorial Park, which uh, I now have a new goal to be buried at Valhalla Memorial Park Cemetery. Charles Lamont, like I said, directed this picture. He was a prolific filmmaker. He directed over 200 pictures. He only stayed with Columbia for a short time because he, quote, had an intense hatred for Harry Cohn, president of Columbia Pictures. And apparently that was a uh, kind of a universal uh, feeling toward Cohn. He apparently was, a, uh, was quite a jerk. I know he screwed the Stooges for years and years. But from basically all accounts that I've read that Harry Cohn was uh, not a nice man. He also worked, this is back to Lamont now, he also worked with Abbott and Costello at Universal. He made the move over to there. He also directed the Ma and Pa Kettle comedies, which when I was a kid, they would come on, and I'm talking about in the mid-80s, early 80s. They would come on, you know, the UHF channels in my area, uh, Ma and Pa Kettle. He also directed the Francis the Talking Mule. He directed Francis in the, Francis in the Haunted House. I'm not sure if I saw that one, but I know I saw several Francis the Talking Mule comedies and some and a bunch of Ma and Pa Kettle comedies. They used to also show the Blondie movies from back then. And I'd be a kid and, you know, watch them eating lunch, you know, at like 10 o'clock in the morning or something. I'd watch some, some Saturday morning cartoons and then flip it over to Ma and Pa Kettle. <laughs> so that kind of explains my... Uh, or shows my affinity for um, old things, old pictures and whatnot. Anyhow, this is a hilarious short... Oh, well, I forgot to... Uh, the theme music for this one is... Uh, well, Story by Felix Adler, who, again, wrote most of the th uh, most of uh, the Stooges' output. The theme music to this one is very dramatic fanfare by a man named Louis Silvers, who did the last episode's Horses Collars theme music also this music is entitled entry of the giants and i i played with the idea of putting the original theme music to each episode or to each short up on the episode but then i thought well it turned out to be kind of a pain 
to record all the themes and it was just it was just a pain in the butt frankly it was more work and I'm lazy. And so, like I say, this is the sixth short out of 190, Restless Nights. It's hilarious. Um, it was one of my favorites as a kid because I always loved all the knights and uh, and court and kings and queens and that type of stuff. It opens with a storm. Father, an old man on his deathbed. He wants to speak with his sons, who, of course, are the Stooges, and they're all in bed with him. The two of uh, Mo and Larry are under the bed and Curly's at the foot of the bed laying there. They pop up. He tells them that they're, uh, they are of noble blood from the kingdom of Anesthesia. So she's queen. So Geneva Mitchell plays Queen Anne of Anesthesia, which is kind of funny. So they learn that they're, uh, royal and that they are to go there and, uh, protect the queen. They've learned of some shenanigans going on behind the scenes and, so the Stooges start off, you know, all for one. Larry says, all for one. Mo says, oh, one for all. And Curly says, every man for himself. They'll revisit that <laughs> sentiment several times throughout the short. Curly turns out to be the Baron of Grey Matter. That's his name in the, in the short. <laughs> and so Larry is the Duke of Durham and Mo is the Count of Fife. But that's, that's what their father calls them. When they actually get to court... They are, well, they suddenly were at court and, uh, oh, well, we, before we get to court, I, I got ahead of myself. We have the, the first three slap, the first triple slap in any Three Stooges short. They irritate the father on his deathbed so much that he slaps all three of them across the face. And that's the first time that happens in, a, in one of these. So off they go to court where they are introduced as the Duke of Mixture. <laughs> the Duke of Mixture, the Fife of Drum, and the Baron of Brains. The Queen looks kind of surprised at this. It's the, some of the camera work is sort of funny. They, you know, they'll really just stay on the on the actor while they make a face, while they pull a face, or do some business for an overly long time. <laughs> so some of the it's funny the camera work, you know. But I guess that was the style of the day. They were, you know, they were just they were all learning as they went. So. So they call the guards, call the guards, call the guards, call the guards many times, and one old guy comes. I believe that's Walter Brennan. He comes, uh, the, the trumpeteers blow the fanfare, and they're two hot little numbers, I must say. Um, the Stooges run in, the carpet slips out from under them, and they fall, and that's the, the Stooges' entrance in. So the Queen says, where have you been? What, you know, what were you doing? They say, we were in Paris. She says, what were you doing in Paris? And Mo says, we were looking over the parasites, which is just a funny line. This this one has a lot of uh, funny wordplay bits in it. They all pull their swords out to swear allegiance to the queen, and their swords are all corkscrewed and bent up. <laughs> so they swear allegiance to Queen Anne that they will protect her, and she takes them into her service, where they swear by all for one, one for all, and Curly again, with the, I'll take care of myself. And they smack him around again. <laughs> From across the court, they uh, they see some girls making eyes at them. And uh, they decide to go over there and, and, you know, and hit on them. But there's four girls and only three stooges. Mo says, well, we'll throw the other one to the dogs. <laughs> As they make their choices. And... So Mo says, I'll take the blonde. And Larry says, I'll take the brunette. And Curly says, I'll take the black and tan. So, 
So the royal wrestlers come in, they're introduced, and they're going to put on a show for the queen. And uh, professional wrestling is one of my interests, guilty pleasures or whatever, however you want to say. And so I looked into who the guys playing the wrestlers were, if anybody, if they were real wrestlers or if they were actors. And each of them only had one movie credit, but no credit as wrestlers that I could see or find or anything like that. So I didn't know if they were real you know, honest to goodness, 1930s professional wrestlers. I did find out one's they're, they're named James Howard, no relation to the Stooges, uh, James Howard and Bud O'Neill. So yeah, I couldn't find out if either one of them were real pro wrestlers. I was interested, you know, and, uh, in the, in my sister's show, the Hollywood scandals of yesteryear, I was looking for early appearances, like 1920s appearances uh, in films of early pro wrestlers, but I haven't been able to find anything as of yet. So, anyhow, back to this. Uh, this is the first one, the first short that I've noticed. Now, there have only been six, but this is the first short where um, Curly has a real, has he, he has a couple of scenes where he really is mincing it up. He's slight, you know, he just silently waving the camera, like I mentioned earlier. The camera just kind of stays on him while he does the business and, and waves his hands and his fingers in somebody's, you know, at, at the person. And it's just, it was just odd. It was just, um, you know, I don't know if maybe it was Lamont, the director, just his way of filming or something or what, but it struck me as, it struck me as slightly, a slightly different curly. Now he may have just still been finding his, finding his way in the, you know, in the pictures. And so, it, like I said, it's only their sixth one, so they're all... So, uh, the, the Stooges complain about the wrestling. They don't like the way it ends. And uh, to impress the Queen, they decide, well, we'll wrestle each other. We'll put on our own show. So they come back out. Larry, dressed as Tarzan, uh, will be the referee. The, uh, the two other, Mo and Curly, are going to wrestle each other. And they're in you know, 1920s style swimming costumes. The wrestling, the, the wrestling match is pretty funny. It, at one point it devolves into a patty cake and then, um, you know, and then just the typical slap fighting. And then the referee, Larry gets attacked. It is long, but they're hit. Everyone claps for them at the, at the court. So everyone is distracted. And while they're wrestling, the queen is kidnapped. And so, the Stooges are blamed, and they have to fight to get away, so they grab some swords, and there's a big sword fight with some guards, where it's a lot of, uh, a, a lot of individual characters waving swords, and, and then somebody getting stabbed in the butt, as opposed to a shot, you know, where you actually see two people sword fighting. It's a shot of one person waving a sword, kind of. So, you know, because nobody wanted to sword fight. None of them were, I'm sure, trained sword fighters, you know. So, anyhow, the, the, the sword fighting scene is pretty funny. They all get stabbed in the butt many times over. They are eventually captured, and they are put in front of the firing squad, where they are to be executed by the men with crossbows. And uh, this is just one goof this week in uh, in the production, and it's, it's a very nitpicky. The head of the guard, the captain of the guards calls for, uh, you know, the, the guys to fire their arrows. And uh, uh, crossbows don't shoot arrows. They shoot bolts. 
But, uh, you know, that's, that seems very nitpicky to me. So, anyway, they're put in front of the cross, in front of the, uh, yeah, the crossbow firing squad where Curly or Larry says, I'd rather have my head, cu- I'd rather have my head cut off, fellas. Gee, fellas, I'd rather have my head cut off. <laughs> Curly says, not me, I'd rather be burned at the stake. And they say, why? And he says, well, a hot steak is better than a, than a cold chop any day. So, uh, another example of, uh, you know, funny wordplay. Anyway, the guards, uh, you, you hear some singing, and the guards look up, and there's a silhouette undressing in the window. Uh, the guards are distracted, and they all kind of stand there, you know, like, ooh, hey, look at her, you know. And uh, So the Stooges run away. They're chased, ultimately. Uh, their big plan is that uh, Curly will get the guards one by one, to uh, run with, to chase after him, where Mo and Larry will conk him on the head. So that works. They miss the last guard, uh, who chases Curly through this labyrinth of tunnels. You know, Curly ends up chasing the guard instead, and uh, just by lapping him, <laughs> and catches up to him and knocks him out. Larry and Mo then uh, knock out Curly as he runs around the corner. The sets in this were originally built for a title of a movie called The Black Room, starring Boris Karloff, which is obviously some sort of castle intrigue picture. So, you know, the Stooges were just used, they, they were forced to use whatever sets were around, and that was produced in 1935 also. So they, uh, they rescue the queen, some more guards come, they have, a, they have the same plan, we'll do the same thing, you just chase them and we'll knock them out, or they'll chase you and we'll knock them out. Uh, the queen ends up chasing Curly, and they knock her out. They then turn to each other in embarrassment and knock each other out and uh, fall on the ground, and that's the end of the short. It's a weird ending, as there's no justice brought to the bad guys, which is kind of funny. They just, you know, I don't think they knew how to end it, I guess, or where to end it. It just seemed, it just seemed very abrupt to me. Uh, you never know. I wonder to this day, did the queen, you know, did she survive? Was there another attempt on her life? Or did the Stooges not knock out all the guards? They actually murdered them all when they conked them over the head. That's, you know, a grim, grim look at the Stooges. I don't think that's what happened. So that wraps up Restless Nights, the sixth of the Three Stooges shorts. And Walter Brennan plays... I, I was looking at, I didn't, re- I thought he played the uh, the captain of the guard, the old man who comes running in as the only guard, but no, he plays the father of the Stooges in the very beginning, who is laying on his deathbed. Interesting. So yeah, that's, uh, that's the end of this one. I thought this one was hilarious. They're really, they are hitting their stride. There's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a good bit, like I said, the wrestling bit is funny. Even if it is a little long, I said, like I said, I think that's the, uh, that's par for the course of the time period. They kind of, that's sort of how filmmaking worked, but they're definitely, this was definitely a very popular one. Curly takes kind of a hard fall in this one at one point. He slips on the floor and then runs, runs through the door, but he slips on the floor and falls on his butt and they quickly cut away from it. And you can almost picture, you know, that he, he kind of hurt himself. He's, you know, they really are throwing themselves around. That's going to wrap up this week's Three Stooges Stooges Throwback. I have been your host, Gabriel Russo. You can follow me on Twitter at GRusso, R-U-S-S-O, G-R-U-S-S-O, 1971. 
where I generally just tweet out that I have new episodes or I tweet at uh, politicians who I deem pinheads. <laughs> and so uh, if you're into either one of those things, uh, follow me on that. You can also check out uh, Facebook at the Hollywood Scandals of Yesteryear podcast page. I'm going to be concentrating more on the Three Stooges throwback. I've had way more. It's proven to be way more popular. I'm still going to revisit the the uh, silent era actors and actresses, but I think I'm going to flip flop it. I've been doing about three episodes of one to the to one Three Stooges episode, and I'm going to flip flop that and do mostly Stooges with the occasional. Let me know if that works for you guys, and you know, let me know if if you like how you like the podcast and all that type of stuff. If you like, uh, if you you know, you have something that you're passionate about or that you really love, you love to talk about, go to Podomatic.com and uh, make a podcast. It's great. Send me the link, and I will listen to it. Just to promote some, just for a shameless plug, like I said, I'm I'm doing an audio book. I recorded an audio book, and I've sent it in for. I had to use my smooth voice to record the audiobook, World War II, The Chilling Memoir of Hans Wagner. 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 It's for, like, elementary-level students. It was 39 pages, and I didn't write it. If you listen to it, just remember that. I only recorded it. So, uh, leave me out of your... <laughs> your anger if you don't like the grammatical errors and such. I only read it. I also, this past week, or last night, as a matter of fact, I was a guest on, I was a telephone guest on a podcast, on someone else's podcast, for the very first time. It was a podcast called That Wrestling Show, uh, hosted by Bill Yankoe. Yankoe? And I had a blast. We talked for about an hour. His show's usually about two hours long, it seems like. Um, they covers all aspects of wrestling yesterday and today. They've got many segments like this day in history, that type of thing. This episode was about our memories of professional wrestling, which um, I love to talk about and I love to watch. It was a great show. And check out, so check out that wrestling show if you're into that kind of thing. Thanks to Bill. And I will hopefully do that again. Also interested in being guest on any other podcast out there a podcasting podcast would be good anyhow that's going to be it for the day for today look for more this week i'm going to promise again to get on a more regular schedule but thanks for listening i really appreciate it get in contact with me and make a podcast why don't you (laughs) 